0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Winter Circle Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Garman, and this is the place where people who love sports talk sports. I would like to preface this episode by saying that I apologize for long in episodes. I understand that often podcasts have regularity with their schedule, considering this podcast is only six episodes in. I'm still experimenting with it, trying to figure out the flow of things and how it's going to work and making new segments, that sort of thing, Um, figuring out how I can advance the show and make it the highest quality for you guys. In addition to that, I have a lot of stuff going on in my life personally, um, with trying to find a job, uh, learning that my health is not the greatest, but trying to get back in shape, that sort of thing, and also, Uh, just my other podcast and the creative ventures I'm doing I just started a YouTube page um, which I will be posting this content on there later once I get approval from YouTube to put that on my channel Um, and I will also be cross-promoting the other podcast on here so if you are a fan of sports but you also like other things such as comic books or movies or video games books that sort of thing Um, Stay tuned for that because you will enjoy that podcast. Uh, There doesn't seem like there's a lot to talk about today. Um, I will try and go in depth as much as possible. This is a topic that I'm not the most familiar with, to be honest. Uh, We're going to be talking about NCAA football and uh, some teams I am excited to watch today. I will be going over five teams and what makes them exciting for me to watch um, later on when I've researched it more. I will go over the top 25 teams, see what I like. Uh, If I agree with the top 25s of certain sources, uh, for instance, I got a magazine researching the, I think, Division 1, I may be mistaken, is it Division 1 or Division 2 that which one's the more advanced Um, I'll have to look that up at some point but anyway so we're going to be talking about that I am going to do the rundown as I normally do and then I will um, talk about also NBA over under ratings and seeing just what I think of them if I agree uh, if some teams should be ranked higher if some other teams should be ranked lower, if the position is at a good spot, why I think that these teams should be ranked differently or where they are now, Um, and yeah, so let's get into it. So in the first segment, old news, we have from the NBA, Clint Capella, who is the Swiss center for the Houston Rockets, uh, re-signed with the team. Now, I'm really happy for the Houston Rockets that they were able to do this. Clint Capella is a great role player for them. He has been criticized for not being able to create his own shot. However, I think he was a very valuable member of their team and he was one of the most sought out after candidates in free agency. Um, with that being said, I would have liked to see him go to the Toronto Raptors with the acquisition of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green on behalf of the Toronto Raptors, and for that trade with DeRozan, uh, I think it would have been very cool to see Danny Green and Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, and Clint Capella to work together. Um, I think he would have fit well in that system. Uh, they also have an aspiring star in OG Anunoby. I honestly haven't watched any film on him yet because I haven't been keeping up with Toronto basketball that much. However, I think having Clint Capella easily puts them at least one more level in the playoffs than they were before. Now, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near top tier like going into the NBA Finals. Yet, I still definitely think It's a young team. They need development and uh, that they just need to work. They have a new head coach, Nick Nurse, who I know nothing about. So I am interested to see what he does with the organization. Uh, I like their jerseys. I like what they have going with We the North. Uh, So it's going to be an interesting team to look out for. Although, really, the games that the Raptors play... Often, they don't get televised on local television, where I watch. I usually watch on ABC because I do not have ESPN. But I am looking forward to seeing what the Raptors do next year. Um, Moving on to the topic of soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo is no longer playing for Real Madrid. Uh, Instead, the Portuguese team member signs with the famous Italian squad Juventus. Um, and I thought this was really cool because I've heard of Juventus. I I haven't really paid attention to them playing, but they're a prestigious organization, and him going from Real Madrid, which is filled with superstars, to Juventus, which ha- probably has a few but may need some more, what is going to be an interesting look. It's going to be something that people are going to be excited about. I know I was when I saw the news Uh, There was another star that went to Liverpool. I can't remember who it was at this moment. Uh, Maybe next episode I will fill you in on the old news segment. Uh, But now we are going to move on to the rundown. And in NFL news, we have Drew Brees, who complimented Marcus Williams' defensive game, comparing him to the likes of Ed Reed. Uh, that is very high praise coming from Drew Brees. Drew Brees is one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer for sure, um, at some point based on his career, both with San Diego and with New Orleans and the amount of accomplishments he's been able to have. Uh, comparing him to Ed Reed is a very good thing, especially when he's a teammate and he's not someone from a different team. Uh... I haven't watched Marcus Williams play because last year I was in a slump of not watching the NFL, uh, mainly just because I lost interest. However, this year I will be paying more close attention to the NFL, seeing as my love for sports has sort of revitalized. Um, And so Ed Reed, like he was a shutdown safety, very hard-nosed, you know, worked extremely hard. And Ed Reed's also a future Hall of Famer, so it makes me excited for the potential that Marcus Williams has, and I am going to watch some Saints football next year. So in NBA news, we have the Memphis Grizzlies, who have revealed new uniforms with FedEx as the jersey sponsors. And this is cool because the FedEx Forum is where they play, um, and their jerseys are very sleek. Um, if you haven't seen it go on NBA.com there's a link there click the link just take a second to look at them they're very nice aesthetically it's going to be a good look for them it might help them modernize a little bit because they're one of the teams that when I look at them it's like oh they're stuck in the past right now and they need sort of a fresh new um, I don't know there, there was something missing there. Um, and I think you got Jaron Jackson Jr. now. You got Javon Carter, who you guys picked up from the draft. Um, Mark Gasol apparently hasn't made any statements about wanting to leave. Uh, Mike Conley, I'm not sure what his situation is. You guys got a good team and a good thing developing. And I think if you um, just like focus on that for now, maybe build your bench a little bit, in a few years, they'll be able to become a team that could start to vie for playoff contention. So that's very thrilling and very um, a good opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, and, you know, they just need to take advantage of their mascot more because the Grizzlies is such a cool, like, mascot when you think about it. It's a bear. It's supposed to be intimidating. It's supposed to be, you know, something that, like, strikes fear in opponents. I would even like to see a jersey where, like, maybe they go with that bear theme one day. But this podcast isn't about designing jerseys. It's about talking about sports. But since we were on the topic of sports, I thought it would be cool to mention their jerseys and what they're doing with them now. Uh, moving on to UFC, which I had, I sort of am one who looks at it from an outsider's point of view. Uh, last night, TJ Dillashaw, who I've heard of, beat Cody Garbrandt in the first round at UFC 227, and I watched the advertisements for it. I got really excited for it, and honestly, I would have liked to watch it if I had the money to pay for pay-per-view. Unfortunately, right now I do not. Um, UFC is one of those things that I've had like slight interest in just because of the skill that it takes to do that sort of thing Um, and some of the athletes that come out of it like Demetrius Johnson who lost last night as well Um, I think his opponent was Sejudo if I remember correctly Uh, but you know him, Max Holloway and let me see. Anderson Silva. There are, like, plenty of UFC fighters that have impressed me. Michael Bisping. Um, and I, I want to get into it. I just don't know if it's for me. Um, so any UFC enthusiast leave me comments of who I should watch. Uh, you know, events that are taking place that are exciting for you. That sort of thing. Uh, so now I am going to talk about the NC the NCAA football teams in 2018 that I am excited to watch. So first and foremost, I have to go with my favorite team, which is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I didn't watch a lot of Notre Dame Fighting Irish football last year, though I normally do. I am a diehard Notre Dame fan. Um, and we have plenty of pieces that can work uh, we have a quarterback with a lot of potential in Brandon Wimbush who's coming back. Uh, he is an excellent runner as well as passer. He makes smart plays. sometimes he can be a little bit careless with the ball, but for the most part he's very solid. He's proven himself after uh, what was it? Golson left and transferred to FSU. Um, he really started to prove himself once he was able to start after Malik Zaire did for some time. Um, We also have a really good playmaking wide receiver in Chase Claypool, um, who I've seen many a time go up and make a good leaping catch if necessary when he's defended well. Um, He has proven to be a very uh, capable guy at the wide receiver position, and this is good when you've had previous receivers like Golden Tate and who was the other one Jones I can't remember his first name TJ Jones Um, and you know others and then you had Rudolph previously none of these guys are playing anymore in the NCAA because they've either moved on to the NFL or are playing oh and Robbie Toma too man Tomo was good. I'm surprised he never went to the NFL. Um, and But basically, you know, just having wide receivers that could break open your game, give some leverage for you if you wanted to run the ball, um, that sort of thing. And then also we have a very talented kicker in Justin Yoon. I'm very impressed with what he's been doing. Um, I'm excited to see where he goes with this season. I don't remember his status as to what year in college he is, but just very pumped to see what the Fighting Irish do. Do I think they're the most talented team in this um, NCAA season 2018? No, I do not, unfortunately. But I do think they have a lot of potential. And losing Mike McGlinchey on the offensive line is going to be a loss that is definitely going to be felt. Uh, but I think there's a lot of stuff there that can work, and with some time, that they will. They're definitely going to be a team that's competing for the bowls. Um, which bowl they end up in, I'm not sure, but just something to look out for. Uh, next is the Oregon Ducks, and the Oregon Ducks, I, I really started getting interested in once Marcus Marcus Mariota and LaMichael James came in. Uh, so, starting off, they have one of the best QBs in all of the NCAA, in my opinion, in Justin Herbert. He's a pocket passer that makes some really smart plays, uh, makes defenses look stupid sometimes. Uh, Tony Brooks James, he's a powerful and fast running back that he consistently makes mowing down defenses look easy they have a an elite receiving core uh with charles nelson and brendan School and tight end jacob breland um i still have to research some more on their defense but offense looks incredible um glad they made it in the top 25 they definitely deserve to be there um i do not know how far they are gonna make it but definitely the most interesting team in the Pac-12 from what I've researched so far. Now later on I will be researching other schools like USC and UCLA, definitely ones that you have to look out for when you're considering Pac-12 because these teams are constantly at the top of their game, having good recruiting classes, so I will be looking out for those later on. Uh, Next, moving on to the ACC, we have the Clemson Tigers, uh, with Tavian Feaster, who's a running back with decent speed, but who is also skilled at breaking tackles, um, a lot of potential in this guy. Uh, when I was watching game tape of him, I thought of Pierre Thomas. Um, I think that his name is very proper in like describing who he is. Uh, Feaster meaning like he's feasting on the defense. Uh, getting yards constantly, you know, busting out and that sort of thing. Uh, next we got T Higgins, a wide receiver who, when I was watching him, I was impressed because he has a good center of gravity. Uh, he can break plays wide open, uh, strong legs, you know, he, uh, may not be the most athletic. I I, I can't really say that because I'm like terribly out of shape. Uh, But, you know, T. Higgins, definitely watch out for him. And then a fantastic pass rusher in Cleland Farrell. Um, Is it Cleland or Cleland? I'm not sure. I've heard it pronounced Cleland, but I just like the way Cleland sounds better. Uh, Yes, defensive end, number 99. He just has a lot of skill when it comes to um, stripping the ball out of people's hands you know really harassing the offensive line and getting to the quarterback um, and then a very intelligent linebacker in Kendall Joseph who reads coverage as well well not coverages as well reads routes well in the quarterback's eyes and you know can really just speed in and then cause some disruption so looking pretty good um, the Texas A M Aggies are the next team I have on here. I think they have a good bounce of quarterbacks with Kellen Mond, who was out of IMG Academy. Uh, cool fact, he's the same school that developed NBA rookie Anthony Simons, who's now playing for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I, I think Kellen Mond's a smart passer who's also a great rusher. If you've seen highlights of him, he has a great tendency to run the ball up the field and make tons of yardage uh which can really help on the offensive side of things and really like change the game um and then we also have nick star starkel which i i was watching footage and i was i wasn't the most impressed with him i think he has potential to be a good pocket passer if he's given time to develop Um, I don't think he's the fastest guy in the world. He's definitely not the slowest guy in the world. Uh, But, you know, he's young. He's only a sophomore. Uh, He was freshman last year. And, you know, these guys are both young, but both of them have a lot of potential. And alternating with one another, I think, is going to be helpful for this team. Uh, Speaking of alternating, they also have a good uh, set of backs with senior Kwame, Kwame Etwi, uh, he's a very explosive runner. I was watching the footage of him in the red and white uh, Texas A&M spring game. Um, that There was one run that really impressed me, and I was like, he kind of looks like Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, and then Travion Williams, who is an excellent receiving back. So my my idea, if I was Jimbo Fisher, was maybe you have a two-back set, Um some some sort of formation where they're both back there, so you have the option to pass to Travion if you need to, or run Kwame up the Kwame up the middle, or on a counter, something like that. And they also have a really a talented tight end in Jace Sternberger. Um, not the fastest guy in the world, but can catch the ball like nobody's business so that's another good element of their offense and i'll be honest with most of these evaluations i focus mainly on offense Uh, i will be looking into defense more with more of these evaluations and that sort of thing i definitely think defense can win championships for you and it's not a part of the game that needs to be neglected in fact i think people need to emphasize it more it's very underrated Uh, but offense just, I guess, because it's more exciting is what people look at. Though I think a sack can be just as exciting as a rush for a touchdown. Forcing a fumble can be just as exciting as maybe a flea flicker, that sort of thing. Um, and then finally, this to no one's surprise, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, so I was watching footage of Tua Tagovailoa, Uh, who's a rising star um, on the Crimson Tide. He was a backup last year. Um, They're looking to start him this year, either him or Jalen Hurts. And one thing that really stood out to me was he was able to remain patient when pressure rises, and then he's able to make the pass that is critical in that moment. Um, This is definitely going to be a big thing for him moving on because... it depends on whether he takes too long to get it to get the pass out or if he just continues to make smart plays and not force anything. Uh, now, this is going to come with time. I think once we see this, we're going to figure that out for ourselves uh, what type of passer he is. Um, I honestly don't know about Jalen Hurts. I need to watch some highlights of him, and I'm not going to front like I've watched it because it's not true Um, and also on the defensive side of things we have Anthony Jennings uh, who gives the Crimson Tide he's a wise linebacker who knows how to clog the gap in the running game and also supplement the pass rush Um, I don't see the uh, agility as much that I would like to from a from a linebacker Uh, rather I see someone who takes the time to put himself in the right position and make the play and then we have Trayvon Diggs who is an athletic player who not only contributes on special teams but can alternate between wide receiver and cornerback providing value for the team Um, so in that respect uh, losing Calvin Ridley was definitely a huge loss for them and you know, if they need to, Trayvon can play a corner. He can play a wide receiver. If you need to alternate him between the two during a game, that's completely fine. Um, definitely the defensive side of the ball is going to put some wear and tear on you, uh, whereas offense might be a little bit more um, laid back. However, I think he has proven himself to be a respectable corner in this um, league, the NCAA. And that, those are the teams that I am looking forward to watching in the 2018 NCAA football season. Um, I think there are going to be more over time when I'm evaluating it. NCAA football season is one of my favorite uh, sports to watch. When I do get to watch NCAA football, it's really exciting. Um, I think it's a lot more fun than... NFL football uh, just because of how how pumped people get into their teams, how excited and stoked they are just to see their teams play the bowl atmosphere that surrounds it and that sort of thing. So I'm going to get a sip of water and then we're going to move on to my next segment. And I can already tell that this episode is not going to be as long as I intended, so I am going to try and take my time with the next segment, which is NBA owner. Okay, let's get into it. So, there was a guy who tweeted out a while ago, um, it was on August 2nd that he tweeted out, uh, basically the over-under predictions for where teams, based on, uh, people who are in the sports media, are guessing that the... That the teams are going to end up. Like how many games they're going to win. How many they're going to lose. That sort of thing. Starting obviously with Golden State. The reigning champs. Who have won twice in a row. Looking for a three-peat. Winning 65 and a half games. I definitely think this is a possibility. Um, Very talented team. With Stephen Curry. Clay Thompson. Kevin Durant. Draymond, and then now adding Kirk Cousins, not Kirk Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, excuse me, as their starting five with people like Sean Livingston, and um, who else is on their bench? You got Kavon Looney, you've got uh, Andre Iguodala, plenty of talent on that roster, and then you also added Jacob Evans from Cincinnati as a rookie, with their only pick in the draft um so plenty of you know just talent overall and they're going to i think that that's a reasonable number for them to win 65 and a half games out of 82 um next we have boston at 58 and a half games um i think that they should be higher I think that they should at least have won 60 games in next season um I do not think that um Boston as is less talented you know is as underrated they're underrating Boston and I might be a little biased because it's my favorite team but when you look at the talent there um when you look at Kyrie and Jason Tatum Jalen Brown, Jabari Bird, you've got Terry Rozier, Al Horford, and adding Robert Williams and Power Forward, you've got Daniel Tice, you've got um, you've got plenty of players. Aaron Baines, who's going to be there. They just re-signed Marcus Smart. Um, that is a very talented team through and through both with the starting five and their bench. Um, and it's just going to get better because Danny Ainge is like just such a smart GM. And he knows it because he played. You know, I think I think more GMs should be... be uh, excuse me, I'm sounding like I have Tourette's. No offense to Tourette's people, uh, people with Tourette's syndrome. Uh, just the fact that I was repeating myself. stuttering a little bit but going back to that boston um i think they win 60 games or upwards um do i think they outdo golden state in terms of wins i'm not sure they might be able to uh but it's definitely going to be hard um The East is getting better there still is a lot to be improved in the East but they're slowly starting to develop into a more uh, talented division and then next on this list is Houston the Houston Rockets which they predict to have 57 and a half wins now this is surprising because before like excuse me after this We have Philadelphia coming in at 52 and a half games. Now, if you were to ask me, I would think that Philly would be the favorite. And then Houston would be below them. Um, Now, Philly... Well, let's talk about Houston first. We got Chris Paul, who is only... I mean, let's be real. He's aged pretty well. And... He, his performance has not dropped since he has started in the league. Uh, playing with the New Orleans Hornets before they became the Charlotte Hornets. And then moving to LA to play with them. And then now playing with the Houston Rockets. He's been very solid. He's a perimeter shooter. You know, he can get to the rim. That sort of thing. Uh, James Harden you know, underrated defensive player, uh, I think that he, um, not, not the greatest perimeter shooter, but he can do it when he needs to, um, but a lot of playmaking potential with him, they got DeAnthony Melton from the draft, uh, from UFC, well, not UFC, USC, and, when I was doing my draft predictions, I predicted that he would, he would turn out very similarly to uh, James Harden. Now, that was just a test of his potential. That does not mean that he's going to get there. That means that that's probably the optimal that I see him at. Um, and then, obviously, they moved Trevor Ariza, uh, which I think is going to be a huge loss because... That was he was such like a necessary part of their success last year. Um, moving on to the Phoenix Suns, which is a great acquisition by them, a team that's trying to rebrand. Um, despite the fact that Trevor Ariza is getting up there in age, um, you know, just acquiring him was a great move on their behalf, considering the success he had last season. Um, now, whether he stays healthy, that is. A different issue but then you have the re-signing of Clint Capella which we talked about earlier um, which we went over he's a great role player um, I think he's going to contribute even more next year um, when they say he can't make his own shot I'm kind of confused do they mean that he doesn't have moves in the post I know that that probably means he's not the best perimeter shooter I definitely wouldn't envision him to be one and then you got PJ Tucker, who's a role player, and you still have Gerald Green coming off of the bench. So I, I do think this is a talented team. I just don't know if they're as talented as Philly. Now, Philly at 52 and a half games. I think that's low. I think if we're talking about over or under right now, my top three would be Golden State, number one, Boston, number two, and then Philly, number three. Um, Philadelphia, I could easily see winning 56 games. Um, now with that being said let me tell you why Uh, Joel Embiid he's just like a boss in the post you know I don't know if he has like great post moves but I know that he um, when it comes to slamming down that dunk he gets it done Um, defensively he's intimidating with his size and the fact that he can block just like by getting his wingspan there in a split second and bang batting the uh, he's not the only weapon they have Ben Simmons who likes to handle the ball uh, not great on the perimeter but can still make plays inside um, and then you got JJ Redick who came back um, you also have uh, what is it Robert Covington the third Ilyasova left we're going to get over that it's going to be fine um they had a great draft before they started trading players away um they ended up getting Jacob Evans in not Jacob Evans uh, it was similar uh we got Landry they got Landry Shamet. and I'm trying to think of who else they got uh before they traded Mikhail bridges and I'm trying to think of who they got in return for him um i'm i'm blanking on it so i'm just going to continue uh but you got good defense you got a solid offense a team that is vivacious and you know wants to work hard to get there and you know i i think they're gonna prove some people wrong you know i think a lot I mean, a lot of people are rooting for Philly, myself included, because I want the East to be good. I don't want Boston to be the only good team in the East, and, you know, more more people are starting to compete, and I think that that's going to be, um, it's going to be good for them. It's going to inspire competition, it's going to make them work a lot harder, and they're probably not going to slump as much when it comes to games, um but so golden state for me boston philly next then houston i would reverse those now toronto they have winning just as many games with 52 and a half games i'm thinking this might be a little high but this is exactly where i would place them i would place them next after um philly because of the acquisition with Kawhi leonard and danny green both two valuable players. I think I think uh, Kawhi could definitely end up loving it there. Um, Danny, fantastic perimeter shooter, um, works hard on defense. I can't say I remember him being the greatest defender in the world because um, that wouldn't be true. And then Kawhi, who just like makes his own plays, you know, works on that fast break you know, and, you know, he has the, what is it, the fundamentals, and, you know, he just uses them to get past everybody. Anunabi, I do have to research. Uh, Kyle Lowry, definitely impressive when I was watching footage of him. Before that, I didn't really know much about his game, um, and then we have, who did they, uh, they still have Van Vliet, Um, I'm surprised because I saw something where he said something like, um, and I'll keep this in PG terms, but screw the Raptors. Um, I don't know if it was true. It might have just been a gossip thing. Uh, But, you know, I don't know what their relationship is like. New coach and Nick Nurse, we'll see how he does. Um, But we the North, um, if it brings back... uh, Brings back vibes of Vince Carter and that sort of thing, then I'm all for it. Um, next on this list, they have the Los Angeles Lakers winning 50 and a half games. Now, when it comes to this ranking, I don't know where I would actually put the Los Angeles Lakers. However, I do agree with the assessment that they'll win about 50 games this year. Um, With acquiring LeBron, I think that they're going to become a different team Um, with that alone. Um, I I think he's a very good player. I don't like his leadership ability as I've critiqued before. Um, I think in critical moments, he can get easily frustrated and he lets that show where a good leader would just suck it up for the moment, realize that there's still a game on the line, and then try and make the best out of it now if you want to go in the locker room afterward and talk with them about it be like hey i don't think that was the smartest play um you know here's what i would have done differently that's leadership not like looking at your teammate like he's the dumbest person on the face of the earth whether he made a boneheaded decision um it's just not acceptable from a team leader and that's what people view lebron as They view him as a team leader. They want him to be the guy that, you know, runs the squad. And I think this is very problematic for some people. Some people don't want him to, you know, take over. Uh, They think that maybe he's being a little too selfish. Some people... uh, And I'm sorry I got into, like, this being a rant about LeBron. Uh, But everybody says he's, like, team-oriented... But I think, really, um, we're looking at, like, an older Russell Westbrook. And I know that's going to, you know, turn some people off. But I just got to tell the truth. I think when he's passing, he's not doing it. I mean, obviously, he wants to win. You know, you can tell he wants to win. Uh, But, like, I I think it's padding stats, you know. He, He doesn't have a good night. He walks out, like before the game's even over if you saw anything in that vinyls then like you know he was very upset and that sort of thing um you know like putting up double doubles and not being satisfied with himself um and a double double is nothing to fret about you know it's a great burger that was a joke um I've never had In-N-Out I am sure that it's good I live on the East Coast, so I wouldn't know. Um, Getting off of that terrible dad joke, um, let's talk about the rest of the LA Lakers. We have uh, Kyle Kuzma, who got into a little bit of a rap beef between him and Lonzo. Supposedly, they're very good friends. I buy into that. I think they were doing it sort of as like diss tracks are the thing to do now. Um, whether you hate the person or whether you actually really like them it's just sort of a thing that's trending and they want to be on top of the trends um Lonzo a very not a great he's not a good shooter um however what he does make up for um he makes up for what he lacks when it comes to distributing the ball and that sort of thing um can still make buckets but his shot mechanics need work um we've got Brandon Ingram who everybody's been hyped up about honestly I need to watch more footage from him um they acquired JaVale McGee who was one of the unsung um the unsung players when the Golden State Warriors were actually um in the finals a couple of the finals appearances he made a difference um but apparently there have been issues and then you have Lance Stevenson who reportedly has problems in the locker room um I haven't watched enough of Lance Stevenson to really tell if this is true I've always liked Lance Stevenson I don't know how he's going to gel with LeBron so when I say that they're only going to win 50 games um it's no slight to them it's just what I see happening Um, and then, so that's my analysis of the Los Angeles Lakers. Next on this list, they have, um, Oklahoma City. I don't agree with this at all. I think they should be ranked way lower. Um, Oklahoma City, they have Russell Westbrook. They have, uh, what is it? Steven Adams, who is a highly underrated center. I think he is one of the most talented, hard workers in this in the NBA. And he deserves to be on a team that wins consistently. Um, where was I going? I was trying to think of other players that were on the team. Oh, and I forgot that Toronto had Serge Ibaka as well. Um, that, that was from a previous point. And so Oklahoma City... They have some talent around them, but they don't have a ton of it. So they have Russell Westbrook, who needs to learn how to pass, not to pad his stats, um, and needs to work harder, well, work less hard off the dribble. You know, start, like, utilizing your teammates the way they were meant to be. Because it's difficult to get to the post when you're a point guard, no matter how explosive you are. Um, You know... Passed to Stephen Adams, you no longer have Collison on your team, and he was a very valuable player. Um, he retired. And then you have Paul George, you know, who's an excellent player. I think he's highly underrated. Um, they were excited to get him in L.A., but he decided he wanted to stay. Maybe because of the money, maybe he just liked the atmosphere there. Um, I, I think it's the primary as opposed to the latter. Um, but You know, I I just don't know what I see in OKC right now. Um, But 47 and a half games seems sort of high. If you were to ask me, I'd say probably around 42. Um, Moving up, and I would have reversed these. um, Indiana is next on this list. And they are marked at 45 and a half games. Now, I think this is a team that is developing very well. Um, with Victor Oladipo becoming the, what was it? Like the East, East divisions MVP. Uh, wait, no, it wasn't that it was most improved player. Um, and you know, I think he's just going to grow from then on out. Um, people, I remember it was my junior year of college. So not that long ago. He was still playing with OKC and people were uh, I was talking with my friends who I had met and worked with a group project on uh, in my Fundamentals of Speech class and we were talking and I mentioned Oladipo and they were like oh that guy can just dunk and I was like like in my head I was like what are you saying and like I, I had a reasoning behind that because like I watched his college career, and I knew he was a very talented player. I knew that he could do more than he was doing at the time, and that he just needed time to develop. Um, and surely enough, he became a very great player for Indiana Pacers. And now you add um, what's his name, Justin Holiday. Uh, wait, no, it's not Justin Holiday. It's Aaron Holiday. Um, from UCLA at point guard. I think he's going to start um, as opposed to Corey Joseph. Um, and then you got Miles Turner at center. Um, they just acquired Tyreek Evans. He could play either shooting guard or play for play at small forward. I think he would be better at shooting guard, move Oladipo up into the small forward position. Um, and then you got some you got you got a talented roster there so um, i think that putting them at 45 45 and a half is a little low i would probably place them right under um, right under the los angeles lakers and i would probably give them about 48 games um, next on this list and i would have them right after um, right after Indiana at maybe like 46 games I would put them up I would put Indiana and Milwaukee above Oklahoma City um Milwaukee is a slowly but surely developing team with Giannis Antetokounmpo um with Chris Middleton you've got uh John Henson who you know shout out because he's a UNC guy and that's my favorite NCAA basketball team. And you got some other pieces. You got Dovodova. You've got Malcolm Brogdon, who's proved to be very valuable. Uh, you have a lot of you have a lot of pieces there. Um, and adding Dante Divincenzo in the draft, that's gonna be very um, good for them. I think. I think he was one of the most talented players in the NBA draft. Um, I see them at maybe about 46 games I think that they're starting to move in the right trajectory Um, and so I'm excited to see where they go from here Um, I would like to see them improve a lot it's one of those teams that I've always wanted to be good um, but they don't get a lot of exposure and it's a small market so getting players is very hard for them Speaking of small markets, we have San Antonio next on this list at 44.5 games. Uh, I don't agree with where they're placed on this. I think they're actually a little bit lower, maybe one spot lower. And they they lost Tony Parker this year. Um, I don't know if that was an attempt to keep Kawhi uh, because Parker went to the Charlotte Hornets and I don't understand why he would move to the Straddle Hornets, although I gotta say, that uniform looks good on him. Um, And then you still have Manu. Lord knows when he's gonna retire. He's a fantastic player. NBA Hall of Famer, if he were just to retire now. Um, And then you acquire Lonnie Walker IV, who I'm really excited about. I am really stoked to see where he goes. You got Patty Mills on... uh, Patty Mills on the point at the point guard position and he reminds me a lot of what they are comparing Gary Trent Jr. now um, where he can shoot but he needs to develop his other skills Um, and then they lost Danny Green and Kawhi which is going to be huge for them. I think that's one of the main reasons that they are going to slightly decline and then they got Chemezi Metu from USC in the draft as well. Um, one, one of the players that I wasn't super stoked about him, but he has, he has potential. So overall, I think they're going to do fine. Do I think they're going to do fantastic? No, I do not. Uh, I think this is one of, probably one of the down years for San Antonio. But never count Papa Bitch out. And I don't know uh, how long he has left in the league. But he has done plenty of good things for this organization, um, and he's going to be—he's going to go down as one of the best NBA head coaches of all time. Um, moving on to the next one, we have Utah at forty-four and a half games. I would move them above San Antonio. I think Donovan Mitchell and that squad is going to tear it up next year. Um, I would even possibly put them over milwaukee and give them maybe 47 games um right below indiana and uh you got donovan mitchell you got grayson allen um who if he can control his temper he's going to be a good player uh you also have rudy gobert who's still there jay crowder who can work on defense get a perimeter shot though lately he's been having trouble um you've got Ricky Rubio on your team, you've got Dante Exum and Raul Neto, this is one of those young teams that I'm really excited about, and want to learn a lot more about, um, and, yeah, so, that covers Utah, uh, I'm gonna go with 47 games this year, um, actually, maybe even 50, uh, so, actually, I would place them above Indiana, and, uh, so, it would be the LA Lakers, Utah, and then Indiana, Milwaukee, and um, San Antonio. I'm gonna put over Oklahoma City too. Um, Washington, we're just we're just gonna skip over that. They're not gonna be great. Um, they got John Wall. They traded for Dwight Howard. I don't think that was a good move. He's past his prime. Um, Denver, they've got a talented team. They have a lot of work to do, though. Um, Nikola Jokic, they got a good... I mean, maybe it wasn't a good deal. They got... They paid him a lot of money to stay. And since, since he's he, since he's your most valuable player, which is not often the case with um, big men nowadays, it it was good to keep him, Um, then I'm just going to run through these because my voice is getting tired and I'm going to take another sip of water real quick. So next we have Minnesota. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy Butler, um, or if they're going to trade Towns. Uh, if they do trade Towns, I would like to see him in LA uh, with the Lakers. I should clarify. Uh, but I do not know like where I have them ranked if I were to place Denver above minnesota or minnesota above denver i think i would place minnesota above denver i think they're a more talented team i would even um probably say that i'd place them over washington too um not sure of the status of jamal crawford he apparently wants out i don't know who would trade for him i I love jamal crawford um i just don't know where he would go uh if it were up to me where would i sit Give me a second. Uh let me see. Let me look at this list. Uh I would like to see him in Dallas actually. Uh him with Luka Doncic and um Seth is no longer on the team. But that doesn't matter. Uh Dennis Smith Jr. and you got Dirk in his final year. I think I think this is gonna be his final year. He can play it for as long as he wants. He's Dirk. Um and then, let me see, I, if I remember correctly, they got Kyrie Thomas. Uh, he might have gone to Detroit. I'm, I don't remember. All I know is that he got traded from Philadelphia. Um, but then we have uh, New Orleans, and then the LA Clippers, the Miami Heat, and then the Portland Trailblazers, which I, I believe are severely underrated, I would give them at least 45 games. They're at 41.5. Um, Miami, I would place over LA Clippers. Uh, I think they're more talented right now, although the Clippers have a good squad. Oh, and I forgot that Dallas just acquired DeAndre Jordan. So Dallas is super Underrated with only 34 and a half games. They're gonna beat out Detroit and Charlotte. How the heck are Detroit and Charlotte? Detroit's at 40 games below Portland. Portland needs to be at least where New Orleans is at 42 and a half games. Um, I, I think they're one of the most uh, overlooked teams in the West. Uh, with Damian Lord, C.J. McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, lo- lots of pieces there. Um, just got Anthony Simons, who I'm not super fond of, but we'll see what he does. Um, so moving on, Detroit 40 and a half games, Charlotte 35 and a half. Uh, yeah, they're gonna struggle. I'm glad they got Miles Bridges. Um, you know, they kept Kemba apparently doesn't want to leave uh, which I don't understand but you know it's his pejorative to do that um then Dallas at 34 and a half should be at least 40 um New York, New York uh, also I think could also be a 40 win team this year um Memphis at 32 and i would give them 35. Uh, Cleveland 31 and a half. yes, I think they're going to be struggling. Orlando at 30 and a half, that seems accurate. Brooklyn at 28 and a half, uh, that is terrible. Chicago at 28 and a half as well. I would give them at least 32 games, uh phoenix next uh wow they have them ranked super low sacramento and then atlanta surprise surprise atlanta atlanta's been struggling for years ever since they lost all of their like stars with joe johnson and josh smith and uh who else was on that team it's it's been a good while since that team was good um but, yeah, so that was the over-under, and that lasted a lot longer than I thought. I'm going to go ahead and close the show. My, um... My... Oh, gosh, my brain is tired. I'm sorry. Uh, so, if you like this episode, go ahead and leave me a like on the episode either on, like, Apple or Spotify. We're on plenty of streaming services now, uh, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, what is it called? Pocket casts. We're on plenty. Um, but if you want to go ahead and follow me, my social media is my personal social media is, um, all caps at flex underscore Luther 96 on Twitter. Uh, for Instagram, it's going to be lowercase. Um, snapchat is also the same lowercase um we have a tumblr page which is winners circ pod w-i-n-n-e-r-c wait excuse me let me do that again w-i-n-n-e-r-s-c-i-r-c-p-o-d um dot uh we also have a facebook page at winners same as twitter um, same as the Instagram everything, everything's all connected so you should be able to find it easily um, and stay tuned for uh, my other podcast the Geek is the New Black podcast um, which should be putting out more episodes soon um, if you want to follow that one it's at GITNBpod on Twitter and Instagram also have Facebook and Tumblr for that